By embracing their natural strengths, women advisors are upending the status quo and challenging the financial industry with a more authentic approach to doing business. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, where we empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, the founder of Femex Advisor, inspires and empowers women to leverage their natural strengths, creating more energy, passion, and success. Follow along for female-driven, inspirational, and motivational strategies for you to create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Well, welcome everybody to today's podcast. I'm Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, where women fearlessly embrace their authentic self. Now, my guest today, she's a rule breaker, my favorite kind. She's a rule breaker from the get-go, and you would never know it as she keeps my team and I totally in line. My guest today is Deb LaFrancis, accountability coach extraordinaire at Femex Advisor and one of my closest friends. When I first met Deb, she was my boss as manager of the national training officers at Smith Barney in Hartford, Connecticut. Well, guess what? Today, I'm her (laughs) boss and paybacks can be at, well, you know. So anyway, I want to welcome Deb to today's call. Thank you, Deb, for being on this call. I'm excited. Let's start with the young Deb, the rule breaker. What do you- The rule breaker. Oh, let's see. If we start back when, you know, this is going back almost 40 years, women didn't go to college. And I'm one of the first women in my family. I think I'm the only woman in my family that went to college. And I remember someone saying to me, it was a friend's mother, wondering if I was going to school to get my MRS. And I- didn't have any idea what she was talking about because I was very serious about going to school. And then when I realized, I mean, most people thought it would be a waste of my parents' money for me to go to school because my role was going to be to get married, have children, and take care of the house. And um, not quite. Not quite what, I had quite what you no. had in mind. No. And I was brought up in that stereotypical family where that's exactly what the women did and were expected to do. And the whole honor your husband and be subservient. And I just wasn't going for it. It wasn't oh, working the for S me. word. Subservient. The S word. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was very challenging. So what did you study? I went into teaching because uh, back then there weren't a lot of options for girls. You know, so you, were either be, you were either nursing, <laughs> you were secretary, you went to administrative school, or you're going to be a teacher. So teaching was my thing. So I really so, looked forward to doing that. So how did you end up in the financial industry? Let's see, quite by accident, teachers back then, once you got a job, you had to, probably still the same, you had to be in a position for three years before your job was considered tenured. And I got offered, believe it or not, a job at a bank. And I was going to make more money in a bank as a teller than I was going to make as a teacher. And so I took that job. And shortly after that, got married and decided keeping that job was the best thing to do because I could easily, not easily, but I was beginning to climb the corporate ladder. So I became a supervisor and then a manager of a branch. And then quite by accident, they had an opening in their training department. And they looked at my resume and said, oh, Deb's a teacher. Let's put her in there. So the deal was I would go into that 
position as the manager of training just temporarily till they found somebody and they were going to hold my branch manager seat. So what was the environment like? Because I know there were a lot of women that were tellers, right? But as you're moving up, what was the environment like there? And then what was the environment like at home? Because here you're building a career and you're not supposed to. Right. And Um, then you're in it and you're building a career and you're not supposed to. (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. And it was, you know, for me to go into training was a natural spot because there were not, and that's different today, but at the time there were not a lot of female branch managers. They were mostly men. So I was, I'm going to say the word token. And so I went into training, which just seemed like a good spot because I was removed from everybody else in some respects. And then at home, here I am climbing the corporate ladder and getting higher positions and more responsibility. Having babies, supporting the husbands. Mm -hmm. Then I had babies. And suddenly it's, I had to do all the stuff that I already did as the wife and then add on a child and I'm working full time, which didn't fit the model I grew up in because my mother, my mother's role was working part time and staying at home most of the time. You know, I I think about that. You do come from a very traditional male dominated Italian family, right? Yes. And I I think back on my career path and yeah, we were moving into a male dominated profession, but I had support at home, right? I was encouraged to have a career and have kids and you weren't, you were sandwiched in. Right. Because the expectation was I would realize that my responsibility was at home and I would focus on home and that going to work was just something else I did, but so, it was a full-time job. When I moved from Newport Beach to Hartford, Connecticut to become oh, a God. national training officer, yeah, that was in September of 2000. Wow. Now, think how long we'd been in the industry mm-hmm. and- then we went into a whole nother level of testosterone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk we were, about it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What were there? Four of us women that were in management level type positions as training officer. You were training officer. I was the manager of the training officers. The other women that worked in our facility were administrative people. Yeah. And the rest were men. So we were the token uh, there, women there were around even- the table. There were even some women who were in charge that, as many women in those days, right. were no longer peacocks. They had become a penguin. Right. Very much headstrong, male-driven, and that's how they dominated us also. They, yeah. Well, that's what they knew. That's the that's way they, they were able mm-hmm. to succeed. And so, and go ahead. I was going to say, and honestly, that's the only way I knew how to succeed, too. Every manager I ever had was a man. So, they were my role model. Yeah. So first in, last out, you know, that mentality. Oh, my God. Expectations of how people behaved in work. That's what I was brought up under. That's all I knew. And by the it, way, when I tell you to do something, Adri, you had better do it. And <sighs> you did not. You were not conforming. I did not conform. From day one. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember walking into your office and I was going oh home and I said, Deb, you looked at me and you said, are you leaving already? I said, yeah, why aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, 
we dealt with now remember all of these most all of these men were either single or they had wives at home, at home. doing their laundry yeah. making lunches because we were there from 6 in the morning sometimes till 8 at night right yeah and we were expected to perform and for me moving to the state of Connecticut I didn't even know a neighbor. I didn't have a friend. The only people I knew were in the office with us. And I was expected to perform. And I was in over my head. Well, and talk about breaking the mold. When you when we heard you were coming, I, from a female perspective, as a single mother at the time of two children, and I have family and friends here. This is where I grew up, was wondering, who is this insane woman that thinks she's going to bring three children cross country oh, and yeah. do this job? Superwoman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we all it, thought you were crazy and we thought you wouldn't make it because how could you? Well, how I barely you? made it, but what I loved was coaching the women. Yes. And that came really through the training center. So, mm-hmm. you know, even when you go through these jobs and, and maybe they don't work, and both of us, there was a gentleman, it could have been more than one, who really wanted us fired. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And attacked us through our reputation and our integrity in a variety of ways. And we hung through that. And we back hung then, through. that whole language of bullying, and we didn't even have that. What's the word, Adrian? I'm thinking of about it being a, a hostile environment. That oh, it wasn't language back oh. then. Oh. So hostile it was, and deal with it was what we were told. It was incredible, incredible. So let's jump forward. But okay. all of that we experienced has really inspired our passion to do what we do. Absolutely. No doubt about and, it. And I mean, I, I was just with a group of women yesterday, and I was asking every woman if you could go back and do anything else, anything you wanted, and money wasn't an issue. And there were a few that said, I would do the same thing. And I said, I would be right where I am right now doing what I'm doing. And I think that's the same for you. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So when you retired, I brought you in to be um, an assistant coach. And you know, I'm like, woo, woo. And you're like structure, right? (laughs) And so we complement each other. Well, what do you see from what you have experienced? What are some of the key things that are happening with the women in our program that is making a dent, is making an impact? You know, what's um, fabulous for me is when I think back to the first retreat we did a couple of years ago, right, right when COVID ended, right? And we had how many women? 20 oh, women in the room? 25, yeah. 25. The energy that these women brought with them, the excitement, the enthusiasm, and the vulnerability, the willingness to share from their experience, to really put their heart out there on things that they'd gone through and been exposed to and experienced and help others in the room learn from that. That Isn't was... That- Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal. It was so powerful for me to be part of that retreat, just feeling the energy. And these women are all dynamos in their own right. And yet they're women, not afraid to be women, which is just wonderful. Yeah. 
And what I do love, you say that they're supporting each woman. You know, we came from a world where it was competition, competition, competition. competition. Yes. And territorial, territorial. And that (laughs) is one of the things I love. For those that don't know, the retreat she's talking about is in our coaching program, three times a year, we host a two full day business retreat, which is part of the program. And so these women come in from across from Canada, from across the country, and they spend two days taking everything we're doing it to a higher level. And what's so fun is that there is no competition. No. Because they've learned to recognize that each of us is so uniquely different that there is a place for all of us in the business. Yeah. And that positivity and willingness to share is not where we came from. No. No. And, you know, one of the biggest additions that we've added in the past year, and I say we, Deb, because Deb is a presenter with me and we work on all our curriculum together and she is the queen of training. We now do sprints, right? So what I love is, you know, part of the coaching, the biggest part is really helping them create their compelling or authentic message. And you know how intensive that is. And it's almost like they get turned inside out. This hard shell that they've had to build up to be a financial advisor gets turned inside out. And now they run an engaging wealth practice for women. Yeah. Yeah. And they share their story and it is so powerful. But now we've added sprints. What are sprints? Oh, these sprints. This was a great idea. The sprints are taking pieces of their story and responding to questions that anyone would naturally ask. For example, you meet someone and you just say, how are you doing? And the natural response is, I'm good. How are you? Which is just total surface and you're not really having a serious Waste of an opportunity. Right. So now someone says, how are you doing? And they're using a piece of their message and saying something like, I'm doing great. I started something new with my business. I'm very excited about this. I'm working exclusively with women. I'm helping women feel more confident with how they manage their money. Things like that, that will prompt someone else to ask another question. You know, so like Adri was saying, they spend so much time working on what their message is going to be, what their story is going to be. And then they're saying, I've got all this information. What do I do with it? Yes. And the sprints as our opportunity. And so we ring a bell oh. and they go. So one person's the prospect. The other one is the advisor. And the prospect says, how are you? How's and business? The, yes. What's new? What are you been what? up to? And yes. they come back with a piece of their story, which gives them that opportunity to share what they're working on, who they are in their business. Instead of the typical, you know, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a financial advisor. And you know what else I noticed is... Because the industry has always been about, look at me, I'm the big financial advisor and I have so much important information to share with you. And so there's this tendency that the reason we want them to practice is there's this tendency to just keep talking, right? keep talking. And that was the old school way. And now they're learning to take a little piece 
of of their compelling message. So they might say, you know, it's interesting because most of the women that are referred to me are now facing a financial future and they lack the skills and the confidence to manage it. And they're scared. They're anxious. It's preventing them from moving forward. Close your mouth and they stop. Or they say, oh, I run an engaging wealth practice for women and I love it. Which prompts the question. Yes. Yeah. And so when you use this message and the little nuggets are dropped, it creates this ripple effect. And it's almost like these women come to life. Yep. They come to life. And I always remember when I'm coaching a woman and then she said, well, I won't be around next week because I'm going to a firm conference and I want to shoot myself because what's going to happen is she is now going, she is becoming this beautiful peacock. She's got an authentic message. Everything she's doing is different and unique. It's fresh. It's real. People love it. And now she's going to this conference. She's going to be surrounded by penguins who are doing the same old penguin crap that they've been doing for the last hundred years. And she's going to come back and say, oh, I saw this new idea. And then I say, okay, how does this fit with who you are today? Well, it doesn't. Ah, thank you. Thank you. And it's so fake. It's so fake. Yeah. And using language that most people can't understand, whereas now the women (gasps) we're working with are using words and language that everybody can relate to. So we're not, you know, baffled by the bullshit. Excuse me. Exactly. And we say, really, now we can be interested. We don't feel stupid on the receiving of some of these messages. Even when we have them create their investment philosophy. And we ask them to come up with three cliches that everybody knows the meaning of. And that is a transformational process for not only the advisor, but the client. Men and women love it. They immediately get what you're trying to do for them. So, for example, I might say, well, Deb, it's important that you understand my philosophy towards managing wealth. And it really can be summed up in three cliches. And the first one would be, I'd rather be the tortoise than the hare. Now, I don't have to say anything more. You get it. Now, the advisors will say, but we have to look at risk tolerance, time horizon. I know all that. But you as a financial advisor have a intrinsic belief system on how you should invest. And when you work with somebody who goes totally contrary to that belief system, it will be a disastrous relationship. And you've all been there. Mm -hmm. You've all had that client that wants to do risky stuff and trade. It goes against the grain. When you work with somebody that goes against who you are and what you believe, they suck up your energy, you lose business. Yep. You lose business. What would you say, Deb, in all the coaching that you've done with, with Femex Advisor? 
What would you say would be the number one thing for other women advisors to embrace in order to truly transform their practice? They should embrace who they are. What do you mean by that? What they believe in. If I think about growing up in the business, there were times when I really thought I was like schizophrenic because I'm one person (laughs) at work because I had to fit this mold. And then at home, I think I was more fun and happy, but it's this back and forth. I constantly felt like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Women don't have to do that anymore. No. They need to be who they are. They need to be authentic, to use your word, because that's what makes it work for them. This trying to conform to who they're not, they're so busy trying to be that, that they're not going to be able to be any good at it. And yet we're seeing with our women that we're coaching. When they're bringing out who they are, their, oh, own the energy. their own words, the energy, it's inspiring to watch them. You know, So they have it all inside them and they're just bringing it out. And the thing is, when we watch them or on our group calls or when we talk to them independently and I'm coaching them, they come up with stuff and they're like, whoa, that was really good because <laughs> it's theirs. It's, it's theirs. theirs. And it's like, quick, write it down. I hope this was recorded because I love that. Because it's them. They're speaking from the heart. And you know, they about who they are. They're high achievers. They're all successful high achievers. So they want this to happen overnight. Yeah. But it doesn't. No. And that's the other part that's painful because they realize they have to work on it. And it's because they're burying the old penguin style and bringing out who they really are. So they're so busy, like I was being that schizophrenic person, writing in a different language than they really speak. And the minute they start saying it, they're like, oh no, this isn't me. And they start using their own words and we tell them, practice it, practice it, say it out loud. And next thing you know, they're using their own words that feels genuine and they're happy about it. It comes across in their tone, in their expression. Yeah. So you cannot, this is not a gimmick. No. What we do at Femex Advisor, this is a transformational process and The challenge is, and and our business model has really morphed so that they have access to what we're doing three times a month. Right. And there was reason for that. It's more work for us. But the purpose is it's so easy to love what you're doing and saying on the call with us. But then when you're away from us for a week, two weeks, three weeks, the tendency is to go right back to the way you were trained because it is embedded in you. And it's what they know. Mm -hmm. And so it feels unnatural, this new approach, simply because it's different. Yes. But you must stay in this community of peacocks in order to truly make this shift stick. Yeah. Make this shift stick. And that's why another reason why it's a 12 month program. Mm -hmm. You do this for three months. What a waste of time and energy. We will create this fabulous message with you that you love. I promise you. It will fall by the wayside because the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, it's like any other thing. We have habits that we already do. (sighs) It's ingrained in us to do things a certain way. And this is a change. 
So we're asking these women to change how they do it to a way that's going to be more comfortable, more profitable. They're going to enjoy it. And yet it's still hard to make that shift because you don't believe yet. You don't fully believe it's going to work. And it's such a big difference. And And even when they do some of the things we say, like a sprint or a focus group and the women rave, I mean, it is, it's almost sad how when our clients, they get their message, they create their PowerPoint and they host a focus group and they present. It's almost sad how desperate and thirsty the women in the audience are for this. It's sad because they've had to endure the traditional approach to working with a financial advisor and there were no options. And now they see an option and it's like they're, they're, they're raving and shame enough for wasting so much time and taking so much time to truly step forward. And you know what, Deb, this is the only way we're going to change the industry. Absolutely. Enough women have to, enough female advisors have to embrace because this Femex model is the future and the men love it too. The men clients, the men advisors, but we can't tell them that yet. They have to see it happening. And when they see it happening in a female advisor, they back off. They back off immediately because they go, whoa, they see the value. They see how it works and they realize, I don't know how to do that. So we as women must change the model. There's no other way to change the industry. And I've got to say, you know, Adri, you and I have known each other, obviously, for a very long time. And when you first embarked on this, I'm thinking to myself, if anybody can do it, you can do it because you are tenacious and you've got that stick-to-itiveness and no one's going to tell you what to do anyway. So you're going to do it. (laughs) But, you know, I kept thinking to myself, how is she going to make this happen? Because it's so It's different. It makes so much sense, but it's so different. And you're up against the odds, right? Because everybody's still doing it the old way. And so it's going to take more and more of our women that have joined Femex Advisor to come out of their shell and really embrace this and become successful at it, that others are going to start doing it and want to do more. What is she doing that's working so well? Because even when you started out with something as simple as, change your office. So it looks like, (gasps) right. Get rid of the mahogany desk and the leather chairs (sighs) and every office that looks exactly the same with the standard photos on the wall pictures. I mean, and then make it yours, change the color, make the furniture feel comfortable. We have women going into their offices and they love their office. They walk in the door and they feels like them. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then they have their female clients come in, look around. They're like, Whoa, it does not feel like a typical financial advisor's office because it's not. No, when I um, is not the typical advisor anymore. When I worked outside and outside my home and I did my office up and they would show entrepreneurs or business owners around that the men would go by and they'd poke their head and they'd say, my wife would love this. Oh, we could go on forever. There's so many things I want to say. I will say this last thing in closing. There's a regional team that I'm working with who is fully 
fully embracing this model. And they're sharing it with the big parent company. And one of the discussions we've had is this regional team has invested time, energy, and resources to learn our model, to be trained by us, to start incorporating. And they're astounded by the impact it's having. And I tell them, be very careful because other groups, other advisors will try and replicate what you're doing, but they won't be invested heart and soul. And they will screw it all up. They will try and tell women they care when they really don't. And it will damage, damage the reputation. So Mm -hmm. Deb and I are here Wonder Woman and Joan of Arc. I always say Deb's the Joan of Arc. (laughs) She's always picking on me. I don't know why. I love to do that. (laughs) Because you're the boss now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Payback. Payback. And you are. So anyway, Deb, thank you for sharing your insight. We will have Deb back on the call because I'm sure you'll love this. If you love our podcast, share it with every female advisor, you know, share it with your management team, share it with those that are in charge of changing the environment, because together, ladies, we're going to change the world. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.